0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Hello, flippin' flawless flash bulbs flaunting flavors welcome to good job bringing your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast this is episode 152 and of course i'm your humble host karen and we are your flock of flame throwing flamingos flabbergasted by flautas and flan
0: Mm. Mm. i'm
2: colin i'm dana and i'm very hungry after that (laughs) but mostly i'm chris you oh. dip the flauta right in the flan. flan. Oh. It's like the fries in the milkshake. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> it actually is very
0: <laughs> yeah, It is to very that. similar. It to just that. blew my yeah. mind. A
3: custard Rito
1: or mm-hmm. some custard Rito. <laughs> yep. I have a quick shout out. This is from Josh, his fiance, Nicole. Nicole was the one who wrote in and requested a comic book theme quiz that birthed X-Men House. Oh, no. yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That, that was, was like a while ago. like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they are a couple days away from their wedding. Awesome. And I just want to give a, a cool shout out. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations. Yep, Josh and Nicole. And all right, without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment. Pop quiz, hot shot. And you guys have your barnyard buzzers. They're back. Yeah. All right, random card. Here we go. Here we go.
3: Oh,
2: random trivial pursuit. Oh, not yeah, many baby different ha- many different types of trivial pursuit yeah, cards. We don't know what's going to come out. Truly uh, random. 90s.
1: Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Okay. All right. 90s trivial pursuit card. Here we go.
2: I keep hoping for Baby Boomer, but <laughs> No. <maybe. laughs> or Star Wars. Or Star Wars. No. Star Wars. No, <laughs> no. All
1: right, 90s. Here we go. Uh, blue edge. Who was the only cast member of the Larry Sanders show to cop an Emmy?
0: <laughs> Collins.
1: Uh, I've never watched the show, so I'm uh, It's a Again, good show. Was
0: that uh, Jeffrey Tambor? incorrect. Mm. I have no
3: idea. It's not Gary, Sh- or Larry Sanders.
2: Yeah, maybe no. we should all guess Gary Shanling just because. Nope. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Oh,
0: uh, it's... Oh, I, 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 I won't take a second by it. But. No, please do. do it. Uh, was it Rip Torn?
1: Rip Torn! Oh. Rip Torn. He's
0: great. He's great. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my God, he's a, if you can dodge a wrench, you can yeah. if you can dodge a wrench, you can <laughs> dodge a ball. Yeah, and that's and
0: he's, he's also uh, Jack's boss at, at GE on 30. Yeah, one, he's too. like
1: in every, everything. Okay, Yeah. yeah. alright. Yeah. Pink Wedge Who was hit with a $9 million lawsuit for backing out of a deal to play an armless, legless woman in Boxing Helena? Oh. Oh, Which is a movie. Yes. I guess um,
3: about an armless, legless woman. (gasps) All right. This is a guess. Was it Kim Bessinger?
0: Basically. Kim Basinger, oh, yeah. oh. yes, and it was Sherilyn uh, Fenn,
3: I think, took the role. Was it really armless and legless?
1: She yeah. was. It was. It was. It was a, it was like a, a, it was a
0: strange thing, movie. It was right? a weird movie. Yeah, okay. Art wow. Garfunkel was in that as well. <laughs> really? Yes. Wait, the musician? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yellow Wedge, who became Britain's longest continuously serving Prime Minister of the 20th century. Chris.
2: Margaret Thatcher? Correct! Okay. Margaret
1: Thatcher! The 90s. The Iron Lady. The 90s. Purple Wedge, what hip-hop term mm. do some fly boys trace <laughs> back to, <laughs> quote, physically attractive or, quote, pretty hips and thighs?
0: <laughs>
1: Fats. Yes! Oh, <laughs> oh the yeah. Physically yes.
2: attractive, hips pretty hips and, and those thighs. Those are backronyms.
3: Oh!
1: Yeah. Uh, Green Wedge, what NBA team won 72 out of 82 games in the 1995-96 season?
0: I'm going to let you guys answer that. Wait. Though. Okay. The Bulls.
1: Correct! Yeah. Chicago Bulls. Yeah, this is 90s this is and basketball.
2: That's Michael Jordan. Yeah. 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 Thank yep. you, Colin. He yep. wasn't playing baseball.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <look> that, <laughs> that is still the record, by the way. Best record in a season. Yeah. Oh, really? 72 and 10.
1: All right, last question of our 90s card. What giant internet outfit scooped up Netscape in a bid to corner the browser market? Wow, 90s. Dana. Yahoo? Incorrect.
2: What Netscape?
1: What giant internet outfit
2: scooped scooped up Netscape? Netscape. Scooped up?
1: Scooped up Netscape. Netscape. Oh, is that
2: a clue? Not Mozilla? No. Mozilla was the. I believe it's AOL.
1: Correct, oh. America Online, America,
2: a wow. giant internet did have those bro-
1: Wow, those are some words <laughs> I haven't heard in a really, really long time. Nineties. Good job, wow. brain. The nineteen years. So today's episode, I usually talk about what inspired me to pick the topic. This was weird. I had a dream, and I had a dream about we we were recording, and I made a quiz pairing up who played presidents and vice presidents. Like, I would give you the pair.
0: Okay. and okay. then you All guys right.
1: guessed like I dreamt that yeah. and, and then yeah. I was like this, and I that's woke up quiz. I was like that. that's a good quiz <laughs> yeah. that, that should be a good episode about leaders world yeah. leaders <laughs> uh, leadings
2: and did you do the quiz
1: I did not write the quiz that's what <laughs> what is what? <laughs> that, was that was a good quiz that was a good quiz I know <laughs> I'll do it next time that's the ironic
3: thing i like Karen, <laughs> I did it next time. I, mean, I got as far
1: as I got as far as Harrison Ford and Glenn Close uh-huh. and then that was like it and then I was like no I'm gonna talk about something else um, um, so today's episode is not only on world leaders, but also sports leaders uh, leading the pack. Uh, and so this week, follow the leader. The and and totally. Follow me, follow me, follow me. I'm the leader. When I march, I'm armed with believers. Follow me, follow me, follow me.
0: As we were coordinating the topics for this episode, Karen, you were like Colin, you're not going to do a sports topic, so I felt obligated. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the leaders in sports. Uh, we call them coaches or managers, <laughs> uh, at no. least for the North American pro sports. Wait, um, heard of those? What do they call <laughs> them elsewhere? <laughs> so I'm going to start. I have some photos here. I'm going to show oh, you yeah. guys. And these,
2: these, are Alan, de- you know, this is a podcast, dear
0: listener. Don't like worry, an audio podcast. Don't oh, he's worry. Just trying dear to like listener. make us look. <laughs> no, no, no. This is. So this is uh I'm gonna I'm gonna you guys are gonna sort of talk through the intro to this segment here. All right, so okay, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna start by showing you a photo here of this is Coach Tom Landry, legendary oh. coach oh. of the, Dallas, of the Cowboys Dallas Cowboys in the nineteen uh-huh. seventies. Yes. Good old Tom Landry, uh-huh. square jaw, yeah. hat. That Fidora, man yeah that man is, means business. Yeah. That's okay. the
3: name of the school in King of the Hill.
0: Yes, Tom Landry Middle oh, School. Right, there right, you right, go, there you right. go. All right. And here I have a photo of coach Pat Riley uh, from his days coaching the Los Angeles Lakers in the Showtime era. These are tall dudes. Well, you know, I mean, he was a former basketball player, Pat Riley, so he's going to be on the tall side. You know, there's Pat in his uh, trademark Armani suit and Mm. slicked back hair. And lastly, I'm going to show you a photo of Joe Torre, famously managed the New York Yankees in the 90s and the 2000s, won some championships along the way. Now... Looking at these three photos, I want you guys to sort of talk through what's what's different among these three photos here. Now I should say these are all these men are all on the job. This is Joe Tory. Yeah. During so, a baseball game, Tom Landry. During a football game, Pat Riley. During a baseball, baseball, uh, Pat Riley. During baseball a baseball game,
2: managers wear the uniform that the players wear. They yes. all sit there
0: in the uniform in the dugout together. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Why do baseball managers yeah. wear the uniform?
1: Because the football, hmm. the Pat Riley and uh, uh,
0: the other dude, they're wearing suits and stuff. Yeah, and I'll give you a little hint here. It's it's sort of related to the reason that the, in Major League Baseball we call them the manager. Yeah, not the uh, coach, as opposed to I'm, the. Coach. I'm
2: guessing that the manager originally was a player on the team.
0: In the original days of sure. professional baseball and even semi-pro clubs, yeah. the, the person that we now call the manager would have been a player on the team. Mm-hmm. They would have called him usually like captain or, yeah. you know, yeah, he would have been uh, a player on the team, not just, mm-hmm. you know, making the decision of, you know, who's pitching, what's what's our batting lineup, but also yeah. actually getting out on the field and playing uh, when he wasn't in the dugout. Wow. Now, there were teams, even, even going back into the 1800s, baseball teams, teams where the person who made those decisions would not have been a player as well, in which case he would just wear street clothes. Mm-hmm. So it was really only that case of if you're a baseball team and the manager is a player, he wears the uniform. Hmm. Now, it has been years, decades. <laughs> it has been a long, long time right. since there has been a team since where- MLB Right, team. actually yeah. had a no. manager who would play.
1: But is that possible?
0: So most teams, it's funny, you know, most pro sports teams these days. It would actually be really complicated because there's collective bargaining agreement rules oh, about God. contracts. It would be a really easy way around salaries. You could say like, oh no, we're just play, you know, we're just paying the superstar five dollars as a player. We're paying him thirty million to be our coach. Yeah, you know, oh, and you could you could circumvent salary caps and things like that. Interesting. Um, <laughs> it's also just makes more sense to just devote all of your effort to have real players, hundred percent focused on playing, and have one person, hundred percent. Focused on running the team.
3: Are the managers... They tend to be older, right?
0: They do tend to be older. And, you know, I mean, in most sports, not just in America, in most sports, the coaches and managers tend to have been ex-players. Ex-players. Generally, Mm -hmm. generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. So why is it manager, you know, as opposed to coach? And in the original days, like, the baseball manager was kind of like a band manager. Like, this was the person, like... You know, scheduling lineups and, you know, you know, I mean, you got to, you know, like, oh, yeah, we'll come and travel and play you guys making arrangements. And that would have been the manager. It does sound annoying. Okay. All right. So why do we call the person in charge of a basketball football team? Why is it coach? What's the what's the origin of coach? Mm coach oh, yeah oh, like a coach car it is related to the stage coach and the yeah. coach or traveling coach yeah Uh-oh. I looked into this and apparently the word coach first arose on like university campuses meaning like a tutor essentially you would have a private tutor mm-hmm. and the idea they, go
2: along with you to the
0: the imagery is they're coaching you meaning they're,
2: they're transporting you.
0: you they're carrying Uh-oh. you yeah. through to success sense
1: makes- Sense. In
0: your academic endeavors, huh. and it, it, you know, you can see pretty quickly how it would leap from like a academic tutor or coach to a sports coach. Wow! Yeah, and that I found that really interesting. it is mean, interesting. Poetic. It is kind yeah. of poetic. Yeah, yeah very. Like, yeah, yeah. So there's always that moment. Someone watching um, baseball is like, wait, why? Why is he wearing a uniform? Like, I, I always wish that. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of wish I could see. <laughs> Basketball coaches wearing the yeah, shorts, the same, yeah, <laughs> the shorts and the tank top yeah. and all that. It would look a little silly.
2: <laughs> so every company has a founder or founders, people who establish a uh, a, 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 a company that may go on to do great things. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of those people, uh, when looking for a name uh, for their company, may look as, only as far as themselves,
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. uh,
2: and will name their company after themselves Uh, and so this is a quiz about companies that are that are named for the founders of that company Okay. okay um there there also there is an overarching uh there is there is another thematic thing going on there is another theme that is that is beyond the boundaries of of the theme that I've just suggested, which is the right. Oh, okay.
3: So as you're,
2: there's a meta theme. There's another theme. So as we're going through, try to, uh, yeah, there, there, there's a, uh, there's a pattern. It's a pattern. Okay. Buzzing in. Uh, we are buzzing in. This restaurant was opened in Lodi, California in 1919 by Roy Allen and Frank Wright. Uh, Colin. That's A and W. That you know. is A and W. Yes. Roy Allen and Frank Wright.
1: A Allen Wright. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: California ice cream shops Burton's Ice Cream and Snowbird Ice Cream merged in 1953 to form a new ice cream place Named after the two founders. Oh. Is it Baskin Robbins? It is Baskin Robbins. Oh. Bert Baskin and Irv Robbins oh, oh. merged I see what their shops. See. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Uh, this guy named his company after himself. Uh, and he founded that company after he initially purchased the magazine publisher Vogue. Uh, uh Karen.
1: Condé Nast? Condé Nast! Yes! Yes.
2: From whom all my patrons are derived. Yes, Condé Nast. That is a guy. His name was Condé Nast.
3: Really?
1: Yeah. First Uh name
2: Condé? Condé. First name Condé, last name Nast. Nast. Yep. At the end of the movie, Hannibal, uh, the title character, uh, is seen eating foie gras, uh, purchased at this upscale, very upscale, chain of grocery stores, which was initially opened in New York City. Oh. Oh. Karen.
1: I've never watched the movie yes. Dean and
2: Deluca. It is Dean and yeah. Deluca. Yes. Upsetal. There were additional hints yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, right. Well done. crafted in such a way that yes. The founder's name is often dropped when this camera company is mentioned, but it's really in there or it's supposed to be in there. <laughs> Column.
0: As uh, is it Eastman Kodak. Yeah. Eastman
2: Kodak oh. is the is still to this day the actual proper name of the uh, yes. Is
1: it two guys?
2: No, just mm. the guy's name is Eastman. They made it. He made up the word Kodak. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Ah, okay. uh, is the is the theme you thought was the theme, not the theme,
1: N- not the theme.
0: The <laughs> nickname.
2: I guess I did. <laughs> the nickname of this car company's founder was Il Commendatore. <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> Colin. Il commendatore. Okay, he's Italian. Uh Ferrari? Yes. Okay. Enzo Ferrari okay. was known as
2: Il commendatore.
0: <laughs>
2: this company was named for its founders, Gary Burrell and Min Cao. Gary Burrell and Karen.
1: KB Toys. Nope. Oh, that was a good one. oh.
2: <laughs> Gary Burrell, G A R Y B U R R E L L, and Min Kao, M I N space K A O. Yeah, KB Toys would be good. B K K B. Not Reebok. They used their first names. Oh. And they made a nice little portmanteau of them.
0: Garmin. 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 Whoa. GPS manufacturer. That's right. Yep. Whoa.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh this company this this founder named company uh which Ken Jennings knows very well is rather unique in that most of its employees work only four months out of the year oh jeez uh Karen h and r block h r block mm. that's uh, the
1: question that Jen Ken Jennings
2: went out on yeah. uh. yes that ended his jeopardy streak. This retail store was founded by a guy named Ingvar Kamprad. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. IKEA. Ikea. Yes, is an acronym of Ingvar Kamprad and the family farm where he was born, Elmtarud, and, and a nearby oh, yes. village, Agunaris. Yes. Yes. Sounds
3: accurate. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, Very
2: Swedish. IKEA. Uh, and finally, finally, and sticking with names I can't pronounce, James Leoutoud... L I A U T A U D Lip yeah, toad James LaToud <laughs> founded this fast growing sandwich shop in 1983 Named... <laughs> Yes remember <laughs> Jimmy John's? Jimmy John's! Oh. Yes! That's James. He doesn't go by James. He goes by Jimmy John. Oh, that's Leo a sandwich place. Leo. Yeah. It's a sandwich place. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, they're growing fast. They are growing fast. Yeah. They, are growing fast. <laughs> they are growing fast. So, just as a recap, that's A&W, Baskin Robbins, Conde Nast, Dean and DeLuca, Eastman Kodak, Ferrari, Garmin, H&R Block, Ikea, and Jimmy John's. Yep. They're
3: in alphabetical order. order! They're in yeah. alphabetical <laughs> order!
2: Okay. <laughs> Well done. Yeah, well thanks, done. Thanks. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Wow, the Garmin one blew me away. I yeah. I, yeah, that's a good one.
2: I uh, yeah, I really like that one. When I saw that one, I was like, oh, that's that's nice.
0: Yeah, and I think not a lot of first that's, names.
2: That's elegant. Yeah.
1: Not a lot of first names. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah that's true. Jimmy
3: John's. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like a nickname.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. Right, right.
3: Childhood nickname. Fast growing sandwich chain. I was like Subway. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
1: that's what I was
2: going no. mm, uh, Yeah. I'm like. Quiznos. Yeah, his name.
0: James. <laughs> James Togo. James- Togo. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I go by Togo. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I didn't prepare the vice president. President. Uh, Actually, I said. Chris. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm real disappointed.
1: I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. So, everybody, don't spoil yourself. It was in my dreams. Okay. We'll um, <laughs> come back. So we are recording this podcast right now the day before Boston Marathon. By the time you're going to hear this, it's going to be a couple of weeks after mm-hmm. that. Um, so congrats to whoever <laughs> wins tomorrow. Uh, Congrats to
2: Lillisa
1: for winning the Boston Marathon. Great job. What a surprise. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: I always knew that Lillisa Taesa could do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just great. Just a lot of running. A lot yes. of moving. Just one foot after the other. <laughs> I mean. <Yeah. laughs> I've been running recreationally for years, but only started racing. Like actually mm-hmm. attending, re- registering for races for the last five years. So I haven't been a racer uh, for that long. And even though I'm plugged into running more than your usual... Average bear. Um, I still have a lot to learn, so I I read. I would flip through running magazines, and one of the magazines a couple of years ago I flipped through was Runner's World, and they had this article, and I just want, and I had no idea that this existed. But let me set the stage, set the scene: New York City, Madison Square Garden, 2011. People in the crowds were basically on their toes. Right now, watching the fastest two men booking it as they race the final two laps of the Wanamaker Mile. Very climatic, uh-huh. a very big race. And so by that time, there's a guy called Matt Scher. He's just standing inside the track, like, you know, in the the oval part inside the track, just kind of watching. Uh, He's super sweaty. Uh-huh. And the guy next to him, like, is kind of looking at Matt. I was like, why is he puffing? Why is he yeah. panting? Why is he sweating? It's almost as if he, uh, was running the race they're watching right now. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, he was. Welcome to the very, very weird world of rabbiting. What? A rabbit in the running world is basically a pace setter. Mm. Mm. When I really boil it down, they're paid to run The first portion of a race and then drop
0: out. Mm. Okay. They're paid to drop out. So Hmm. is, is like rabbit like in a greyhound race? Is that the illusion?
1: The illusion, yes. The illusion is uh, like in a dog race. They have the little fake rabbit. Why, Um, Why? Why? Yes. Why? Why, why do you, why would anybody do this? And why is this good? And why, why does this practice exist? So basically a rabbit is hired to Accurately lead the early part of a race in a very specific time, in a very specific pace. So they're also known as pace setters or pacers. He or she is a visual embodiment of time. Okay, That person is running at a steady internal clock, Uh. like I need to hit this and this and this. So other runners who are actually competing... Know How they're doing. Yeah. How oh, sure. Doing. If they, if they're behind not, the
2: guy or they're in front of the guy, they can yeah. just look and be like, I'm too, I've been running for 22 minutes. Whatever. Yes. Right. Okay.
1: Uh, uh, because right now, I mean, you know, a lot of the runners, and even though we have all these fancy gadgets that yeah. tell us how fast we're, when you're running a big race, like this, yeah. you just, you know, you're just, you're, going. You're, you're just, just going. running. Yeah. yeah. So in the recent years, almost every middle distance to long distance, like marathons, uh all the world records have been uh made possible because of the help of rabbits. Oh yep, or pacers. They serve the role as being something tangible mm-hmm. uh, on the track. They are not allowed at world championship or Olympic competition. Um uh, and this is why there are not a lot of world record performances at the Olympics. Oh, mm-hmm. huh. So if you think about it
0: Interesting. the
1: pacemaker is helpful. For the runners, they can estimate their effort. They can estimate their time. Yeah,
0: it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I should pour it on right now. Yeah. Or I'm burning too hot. I need to slow down a little bit.
1: Yeah, I need to ease up. Hmm. And physiologically, it is easier to run from behind than to run in front. A good estimate is that it takes about 15% less effort to run behind somebody. Hmm. Hmm. Second of all, of course, is psychologically, it's easier to run from behind. Because you're not the target. You're right. following the target. Right. You see a target and you're running towards it. The odds of you winning a race if you're leading from start to finish is so slim. Slim oh, to none.
2: Because huh. you're the target. Everybody's going after you. Mm-hmm. But if there's if there's a guy in front of
0: you, and there's that's a lot of, who everybody's looking There's at. a lot of mental pressure. Yeah. Um, huh. I can see that, yeah. Just the psychological pressure of being in first is like, am I running faster than I need to? How close are they? Could I slow down and still stay in first? It's- what if I'm really in last? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: is this Sometimes the r- that happens is,
1: in Mario is Kart. This right, <laughs>
2: is this the right day? Yeah. <laughs> with the race today? <laughs> and then you're in third,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Almost all current world records are made happen in various distances huh. because of pacemakers, because of rabbits. That makes
0: so much sense.
1: But, however,. You know, as much as they're helpful for athletes to break records, purists argue that hiring these rabbits kind of, uh, you know, takes the competitive nature yeah. of running away. Um, some races hire rabbits, uh, such as Berlin Marathon and mm-hmm. London Marathon, and they're usually the marathons that you see world records being <laughs> broken because they have these rabbits in place. However, New York Marathon and Boston Marathon do not use rabbits. And who hires rabbits? Uh, sometimes it's the runners who mm. want to break the record. Sometimes it's the race. You know, the race would hire rabbits just so to help collectively runners as a whole. But I mean, it, it really is kind of a yeah. Tricky it's also issue good you
2: if you you know if you're running a race. Uh, If somebody breaks a record at that race, it gets you publicity. So, like, you have... Good
0: PR for the race. Good PR for the race is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, most of these rabbits are anonymous Hmm. because they Hmm. get paid to run a certain amount at a certain amount of time, and then they just walk off.
2: Are people hiring rabbits to help them out on the sly?
0: Yeah. Like,
2: are they, they're having
0: rabbits. Like, you're my buddy in the race. Yeah. I'll just make it worth your your while. And then they disappear.
1: So, this happens even if, you know, a lot of races don't allow rabbits, it still happens. You can, I mean, it, maybe it could be a friend or maybe it's a teammate, maybe at cross country meets. Um, actually, that's part of the strategies for a lot of relay runners or for a lot of team runners. One person will rabbit for one day at the meet and then another teammate will rabbit for another. And it helps the team. Yeah. If, if a race does not allow it, you have to do it secretly. So
3: these rabbits, they're like, they're world class runners though, right? They're running as fast as the people who are about to set a record or they, do they enter later? So rabbits only are in charge for the first part of the race. So they only have to.
1: Run for a while. They only have to run for like, say, half of a distance and then oh, okay. they can drop off. So it is possible for, I mean, they have to be good runners to begin right. with. Yeah. But they uh, can,
2: they can pour it on. Yeah. They don't have yeah. to
1: exert as much effort because they don't have to finish the race. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that is what makes a good rabbit is they have a good internal clock. Mm-hmm. When the race director mm-hmm. or what they're hired for, their gig is to say, you run this amount at this time at this pace, mm-hmm. you do it. There is a guy, Paul Pilkington, uh he was the designated rabbit at the nineteen ninety four Los Angeles marathon um and he did a good job the year before, and so uh the race director contacted him and was like, "Oh, please rabbit again So he was paid about three thousand dollars for rabbiting and an extra three thousand dollars to hit his time oh, oh yeah it's,
2: it's, sure yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. well in, yeah, extra incentive to do a great job
1: exactly. Yeah. That day was really really hot. For that race there weren't a lot of elite runners like professional runners. So Paul asked the race director, "Well, you know, there're not a lot of elite runners. What happens if no one follows me?" Yeah. And the race director goes, "You know, just just hit the time that you're supposed to hit." <laughs> you know, just and that's the thing. Yeah, They're they're hired to hit the time. right? Yep. Um okay. and they sometimes have to make decisions on the fly, but usually you just got to hit your you're, time. You're
0: like a human metronome, just So <laughs>
1: Paul told everybody, like, I want to finish the race because most rabbits just drop off mm. yeah. and they don't finish the race. Uh, he's like, oh, I want to finish the race. I'll slow down for the second half after I hit my time. Uh So it was a really, really hot day. And <laughs> he's running. Paul's taking off, doing a really good time, rabbiting, very, very on track. And he hit the halfway point. No <laughs> one was near him. So he kept going. And still no one challenged him. He thought maybe, oh, someone will, will pass me by. Yeah. At Cause
2: now t- he's just started. do, do, do. Yeah. He's like, do, <laughs> do, do. I don't have to
1: run as fast. Right, and, you right. know, he hit his yeah. time. He
2: made his 3,000 plus 3,000. And then
1: now yeah. he can slow down yeah. and, and, you know, enjoy the race and finish at the 22 mile mark. There was still no, but There was still no <laughs> one. You're four miles away from the finish line. Yeah. And he's like, do, 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 do. And then he won. <laughs> <laughs> now. Yeah. So the thing is, all the runners know. Uh, for summarizes, all the runners know who is the designated rabbit. And He yeah. was, so they knew. He he was, was
2: a- entered in this race. Yes, he was entered. Yeah. He They're was all. officially, yeah. he had a number, he's entered. Okay, yeah, yeah, the bib yeah. and everything. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. They're all official. They're all official. Yeah.
1: A runner from Italy came in 39 seconds later and crossed the finish line. Yes, I won! <laughs> oh, LA Marathon! Oh. I'm first place! No, wait, wait, wait. It was so okay,
2: So 39 seconds. Okay, so people were, they were not like super, super far behind. But
1: 39 seconds is a lot. 39 seconds is a long time. For, yeah. yeah. Yes. And then it's like, oh, you're a silver medal winner. And yes. he was so mad. that Italian yeah. runner's like, Wait, how come? I thought I thought the rabbit dropped out. Yeah, uh,
3: uh, so he wasn't pushing buddy, harder. But so, he didn't.
1: But he did it. and and it's uh, not like he was he was pumping it. Oh, at that's interesting. Last... So
0: I do kind of feel bad himself, for the like, Italian yeah. guy. Yeah, He's like I
1: maybe would have run harder if I. Yeah, the rabbit was ahead of me right, or something. Right. Like. Right. If Paul was the rabbit and he was that far ahead and then he mysteriously dropped out, that's even shadier. That's, <laughs> yeah. He would look like an idiot <laughs> right? Right? to yeah. be 39 seconds ahead and be like, yeah, and you know a, what?
3: Nah. Yeah. Probably way more than 39 seconds because he yeah. slowed down a lot yeah. after.
0: Yeah. Good point. Good exactly.
1: Point. And so people are like, wait, what happened to that guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is, here's the debate. Great for world records, which means Berlin or London for some of these races, which makes for it makes for boring uh, race watching Hmm. for the spirit of running. You don't have like, oh, head to head, this runner versus this runner. Mm -hmm. If they're all trying to gun with rabbits to break a world record. The race is actually kind of boring to watch.
0: There's no- it's, it's almost like all the runners are playing the course instead of racing each other.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's kind of the debate. But.
0: Huh. Well, what, what do you think, Karen? You are, I mean, hands yeah. down, you are the only serious runner among us. I mean, what do you- Cause like, my, my take is, they're just different. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I would say like, yeah, without a rabbit seems maybe more pure, but they're just different. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, I think hitting world records is a very, very a hard thing to do, and whatever can help you, that's not che- it's not cheating. Yeah. I think right. this is. I think they are a visual embodiment. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think they should get more credit than than they're given. Uh, these rabbits are mostly anonymous. Nobody even knows they exist. You yeah. know, for for non runners, they get paid okay. This is a great job for a lot of former professional runners. They pick up the job as a pacer. They can. Uh, They can rabbit for a lot of races, make some money, and they still enjoy running. And they help out other people. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's that bad. I mean, do I really want to see, you know, of course you want to see everybody succeed. That's my take. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool being the leader of the pack (laughs) and then whoop
3: dropout hmm. i bet technology like when vr gets better or augmented reality it'll be like you have a rabbit the whole time you're like you a hologram runner yeah, yeah you're like oh there's that per. okay i can oh, pass them oh yeah like and yeah. we're on the ground like a track that yeah can- yeah mm-hmm. and you well can like-, like be like oh at this point i need to be faster so you program it so it'll start going faster yeah yeah like, okay, yep, yep. here we That's go yeah kind of kind
0: well, they do that like when they show it on the Olympics, they'll show you, here's the world record world... timeline, yeah, but but, the, but they can't see, they it. Can't yeah. see it. Yeah. Right? yeah it's...
1: And I feel like a lot of the sport is their internal clock. Yeah, the rabbits yeah, yeah. are good, not because like they got all these gadgets. It's because they know exactly mm-hmm. this is this pace. This is this pace. Actually, the LA marathon guy, they usually have a range at the halfway mark. He was asked to run to the halfway to hit between one hour and five minutes and. One hour, five minutes, and 15 seconds. Wow. <laughs> His window is 15 seconds wow. to get that extra $3,000. Wow. He hit it in 105.10.
0: Yes. Man.
1: So that's how good they that's are.
0: That's really right. impressive.
2: Right.
1: right? Yeah. That's so crazy. A 15-second yeah. window, and he You're hit like, it. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow.
0: Cool. I had no idea.
1: All right. Let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. of rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
3: You're listening. Good job, Raina. This week we're following the leader. Alright, I have a grab bag kind of quiz for you guys. These are leaders who also have animals in their names.
2: Oh, <laughs> are,
3: they, are there that many?
2: I guess.
3: There are some. It's grab bag. So it's uh, leaders who have animals in their names, or Um, like animals that are related to leaders or ruling or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah.
2: So leaders, animals, basically. Yeah. So the answer
1: will probably. Animal leaders and leader animals. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm.
2: Chairman Yeti. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we'll start off. Chairman of the boar.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's good.
2: That's (laughs) not funny. No. Don't laugh at that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I didn't laugh. I said, oh, that's
2: good. <laughs> I'm "Telling." I'm telling our listeners.
3: Start with some softballs. This San Francisco Giant, or former San Francisco Giant, uh, was known as the Kung Fu Panda. Karen. Oh,
1: why did I? Oh. <laughs> Pablo Sandoval. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> Getting those sports questions.
3: This is a, a famous coach and player of a basketball team. Uh Was in prominence in the '90s.
2: Larry Bird. Yes, uh, <laughs> I was gonna
1: say Jason Kidd, like the kid of
2: the movie. that's
3: spelled wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
0: that's right. Is he a coach? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now he, he coaches the Milwaukee Bucks now. Oh, yeah, another random one. Two inside baseball yeah. or inside basketball.
3: Who is the Teton Dakota Indian chief who united the Sioux tribes?
2: Chris. Sitting bull, sitting oh, bull. Yes. I knew it was. I it was dances like,
0: with wolves, buffalo. Uh, yeah.
3: yeah, this king of England was known as the lion-hearted or the lionheart. Uh, Colin.
0: That's a Richard the Third. The third. okay. The first, the uh, first, okay. Yes, Richard
2: the uh, First, Richard the Lionheart. <laughs> yeah. He was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes. Who yeah. was also in. Dances with wolves. (laughs)
0: Just bringing it back.
3: Good job. Wait,
0: really? Via Kevin Costner. Via Kevin Costner.
3: He's a TV producer of The Law and Order (laughs) Story.
0: Dick Wolf. Rest his soul. Mm -hmm.
3: He's dead?
0: He did. He passed away. When? Mm, Maybe two years ago.
3: Oh. Wait, I don't know. He's dead. He's not dead. (laughs) What? (laughs) He's still alive. Okay. Goodness. Sorry, there you go. Facts that
2: one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and he's still alive. He is, for <laughs> sure. There's one thing that's for sure. He's alive.
3: Yes. <laughs> still producing quality TV shows. <laughs> many of them. So many. All right. This jazz musician uh, was a leading figure in the development of bebop. Uh, and this was his
0: nickname. Or his nickname was Bird, oh, or Yard Bird. Oh, Charlie Bird Parker.
3: Yes. Now we'll get into a little bit more grab baggy. Both Scotland and Wales have mythological creatures as their national animals. What are they? Karen. Griffin? No.
1: Oh. Dragon.
3: <laughs> yep. One is Welsh a dragon. Well, dragon. Yep. Yeah. And Scott.
2: Uh, chimera. Wait, no, no. Medusa. Medusa?
3: No. No. It's a unicorn. What really? Oh. What for Wales? <laughs> no, for Scotland. For Scotland, yeah, a unicorn. Oh. Yes. Wow. How do you
1: remember that? Hmm. Mm. Mm.
0: Well, we just mm. you know Wales well, is a dragon. Yeah, uh, I know whales yeah, the yeah, dragon.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the other one. I thought
1: it was a griffin.
3: Yeah, there's a bunch of countries that have mythological creatures as like their national animals. Mm. Including cool. Including Portugal, North Korea, Indonesia, mm-hmm. Hungary, Greece. Guess what? Greece's uh, mythological creature is. Oh. Chris. Batman.
1: Wait, no. on their flag? Oh, no, no, it's their, their <laughs>
3: national <laughs> their, their animal. Their like, you animal. Look at their right, spirit yeah. animal. Oh, uh, is it not Medusa? She's not an you, animal. No, I mean, not, an I mean, an Morgan? Animal, not an animal. Oh. No. Uh, uh,
2: Greece's Pegasus.
3: Oh, that would have been good, but oh. no. It's a, that would have been good. Greece's It's a phoenix. Ah. Uh, oh. wow oh. 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 I was like, that's cool. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. And yeah. Czech Republic also has it, and so does Bhutan. Huh. I was like, that's interesting. That's a cool animal. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, the Albanian flag has a two-headed eagle on it. Yes. What is, what does the two-headed eagle mean? What does that stand for? Um, okay.
1: So, it, it's like, it's like black and red, right? The flag? Yeah. And one has an eye and one doesn't, and one is looking to the past and one is looking to the future. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. No. No, no, sorry. I think
3: that's, Think about one it in and, okay. and, and the context of leadership.
2: One of them is looking left, and the other is looking right. Yeah, but they're both the same eagle.
3: It's a two-headed eagle. <laughs> right. There's that's connected.
2: Insane. It encompasses the entire political spectrum in whoa, one.
3: Oh, left and right.
2: Yeah, uh, kind of. The left wing and the right wing. As
3: <laughs> oh, like
1: actual of wings. Of that's
2: pretty politics. good. Thank you. That's, thank, that's you good. thank you. I mean, thank
3: you. Sounds like a good made-up answer. It's a. Yeah. Uh, no. Nice, present, and present.
2: One of them is the eagle of truth, <laughs> and the other is the eagle of life. Equality. Again, oh, again, yeah. again. they're the same eagle. Oh. It just has <laughs> yeah. two heads. Okay. Yes. so One, one represents head is the head of...
3: Religion. Oh, oh.
2: Really. Oh. And one is the head of secular, secular oh. government.
3: state oh, okay. government. Having dominion over both the religious hmm. and the secular. That's mm. not separation a, of church and state. No, <laughs> that's the combination of church, church and state, yeah. and state into yeah. one
2: terrifying creature. Yeah. yeah, it's
3: a common symbol in in that area uh. of the world. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is symbol. interesting.
2: Yeah. Our ten other answers are equally as interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, all
0: of our um, add it up, added
2: up. Added up. were yeah.
3: less correct. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, they were
1: all one hundred percent. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I want like a big mouth billy bass, but it's a two headed eagle. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like. Brow, brow. Mm-hmm. And no, it seems to no. It seems going quite to like hell. an eagle. Yeah, like like And then the they other head, face. and the other head, they face each other, and they face away. They, they, lean, face out, each other. Right? they <laughs> lean out. They lean out. They still creepy? sell those? Yes. Um. Of course, they still uh, sell it, those What am I saying? Kat and Jethro,
3: Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious.
2: Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the
3: unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media.
1: Alrighty, righty, Colin. Follow the leader. I'm following you because you're... Taking us home! I will. Well, also, you're a camp, ca- you used to be a camp
2: counselor. I so did. You like,
0: very good at leading. I did. Well, you know, and here's the, the trick about well, being the camp him. counselor. You get, you gotta walk backwards a lot. Oh, you yeah. Do
2: that all the time. Oh, but not only that, but on like, on, like, rocky terrain, too. Like, on uneven footing. And always
1: kind of counting. Constantly
0: counting. No, seriously.
1: One of the first times, like, because Colin and I used to work together, we were out to lunch, and we're walking, and he is walking backwards, like,
0: (laughs) I caught myself. I was like this, and I'm
1: like, what are you doing?
0: It's
1: like, I can't help it. I'm a camp
0: counselor. I'm hurting you
1: guys. And I was doing the
0: head count, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're like a a human corgi. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you have one extra kid, you know, and I mean, (laughs) like, I guess that's better than, yeah. I have a story about leaders for you that involves music and biblical prophecies Whoa. and mysterious deaths. Whoa. All right, have I got your attention now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm a big fan of Jamaican music, uh, in particular ska music uh, and early reggae. Uh, If you listen to Jamaican music, in particular reggae, uh, long enough, it will not be very long (laughs) until you hear about, learn about, read about the Rastafari movement. Now, uh, it's not a coincidence that Rastafari is so closely tied to music because I think it's safe to say that probably the most famous member of the Rastafari movement Mm. ever is probably Bob Marley. Bob Marley, Marley. Marley, yes.
1: What is it?
0: I'm glad you asked. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, let's let, what, 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 how would you describe? the? If I said, like, a, someone's Rasta, what, what does that mean to you? I thought you? it
1: was just a style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of people, I mean, and I did certainly, you know, before I learned about it, I, I thought it was more just a culture, a lifestyle. I mean, definitely, p- most people, if you know about Rastafari movement, it's, you know, okay, well, it's associated with Jamaica. You know, I know yeah. that. <laughs> the Rastafari movement is a religion. It, it, is, it is not just a lifestyle or a culture. It is a religion. Specifically, it's an Abraham religion, uh, like Judaism, like Christianity, Uh-oh. like, like <laughs> Islam, uh, among others, those are certainly the three uh, largest ones, uh, meaning that all of these religions can trace their origins and their belief systems back to Abraham, Bible, big A, Abraham. The other thing to point out very quickly here is people in the movement do not at all like the term Rastafarianism. Oh. You know, one oh. of the one of the main sort of uh undercurrents of Rastafari belief is they're they're against isms in particular. Oh. And you'll hear this in a lot of reggae music. They they, yeah. they want to be sort of anti-dogmatic in that sense, that you know, you're you're a Rasta, a Rastafari, the way it makes sense to you. We're not gonna oh, tell we're not gonna tell it. you this is the way to do it. Got it. Um okay. So the Rastafari movement uh started in Jamaica, duh, uh, in the 1930s and you know it largely had its roots in the back to Africa movement, yeah. okay? Now, if you know anything about the back to Africa movement of the 1920s and 30s, uh Marcus Garvey, probably the 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 father of that movement, certainly identified as such. So Marcus Garvey, who was Jamaican, uh, he was actually hugely influential in setting the course of Rastafari movement, or Rastafarians, if you will. They believe that their Messiah, okay, so the, the holy figure, the God of the Rastafari movement, uh, is Haile Selassie. He was the emperor of Ethiopia from 1930 until he was overthrown in 1974, and wow. his family and his, his lineage goes all the way back to Solomon. Okay. Well, Again, yeah. biblical, biblical. Sol, big ass Solomon. Yes. So, so he, he claims to have been the last sort of in that direct descendant of rulers of Ethiopia. Now, Haile Selassie was his coronation name. Okay. So, you know, much the way that like when the Pope comes into office, it's not his given name. He'll take on a new name. Mm-hmm. The same was true for Haile Selassie. Now, his pre-coronation name uh-huh. and title was Raz Tafari Makonen. Oh! Okay, so Raz, in this case, is like a title. And now, I had mentioned Marcus Garvey earlier. So, leading up to the birth of the Raz Tafari movement, uh, Marcus Garvey was a big, big deal. Very influential, especially among poor people and disenfranchised Mm -hmm. people in Jamaica. And really part of starting Pan-Africanism, the idea of... our our destiny is back in Africa. You know, we were scattered around the world through slavery and other means and really trying to get back there. And among people who are part of the Rastafari movement now, a lot of them will consider him a prophet, that Marcus Garvey wasn't just a, a, a charismatic man and a leader, he was a prophet. In 1927, Marcus Garvey is said to have said, look to Africa, for there a black king shall be crowned. And indeed, just three years later, Ras Tafari Maconan was crowned emperor of Ethiopia. Now, in the eyes of many, many Jamaicans, this was a prophecy yeah. being fulfilled. Uh, uh, yeah. This was the king of kings, emperor in Ethiopia. Um, and not only that, but he was in many ways sort of the, the, the one legitimate King of Africa at that time. I mean, outside of Liberia, Ethiopia at the time was the only country in Africa free of colonial influence yep. at that time, yep. and he was, you know, considered up here among the kings and queens around the world, the other royalties. So this was a big deal, and virtually overnight, the the movement was booming so, I mean, the name comes directly from, from his name. name. Yes, yeah. Rastafari Maconan. We are the Rastafari movement. So this episode is about leaders, right? Now, I want you just to think for a moment. Like, imagine you're Haile Selassie on – you've assumed the throne in Ethiopia. And someone comes to you and says, all right, well, there's a nation – thousands and thousands of miles away from here, and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people there who believe you're the Messiah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to swallow, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we think we hear of, you know, messiahs and prophets, and we think it's hundreds yeah. and hundreds of thousands of years ago. This is like our modern era, you know? Like, my grandpa was alive at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, to his credit, he was always very respectful in how he handled this.
1: Oh, was he going to sure. shut them down? No.
0: You could go, you could go a lot of different directions with this at that point. Um, so Haile Selassie, he was Christian. You Ah. know, he definitely understood all of his connections to the biblical world and the ancient world and his connection potentially to prophecies. So he could have just come out and said, "No, you got the wrong guy. It's <laughs> yes. not not sorry, not me. That's uh you got somebody else." But no, he didn't. I mean, he was very respectful. He understood that, "Wow, this is a a, a, a nation. This is a big deal." And he was in fact very sympathetic to the idea of a pan-Africanism movement, and he was at least he said he was very sympathetic to the idea of repatriating blacks around the world back to For Africa. Africa you know logistically this could be a problem in 1961 the Jamaican government they sent a delegation of rastafari and and other you know leaders to come say hey can you kinda of help us out? Are you on board with this? Yeah. And to yeah. his credit and he said your magic powers. Right, that's right. right yeah. That's right. You know, I mean keep in mind, like this is a man who, if you are a true adherent of Rastafari, this is God. Like you're talking yeah. it's as if like a Christian went to have an audience with Jesus, you know? Yeah. And he he said, I'm i willing to help, I'm I'm down with the cause, basically. So Jamaica got independence the following year, okay, in nineteen sixty two. A few years later, in nineteen sixty six, Haile Selassie went to Jamaica, okay. So he flew there basically to you know, hold court and talk to people. This day is considered the second holiest day in the Rastafari wow, movement. No. I mean, the first holiest day would be his coronation. Of course, but they in the Rastafari movement you call about Groundation Day. Literally, the day that our Messiah came to, to our ground, ground touched yeah. ground in Jamaica. And here's where I think this is a, a deft act of logistical statesmanship. You know, he came to Jamaica, and his message was basically, "I believe in the back to Africa movement. I I, I am committed to helping you, but I think." You need to focus on liberating your brothers and sisters in Jamaica first, Mm. and then we can focus on repatriation. You know, and that—that that is, that sort of became the goal of liberation before repatriation. Again, you know, keep in mind, there are a lot of very poor people, a lot of, as I say, very disenfranchised people in Jamaica at the time who made up the early core of the Rastafari movement. That's where they sort of left it is, okay, we're going to get our stuff in order, get all of our brothers and sisters lifted up and then we will uh focus on getting back to Ethiopia he was eventually as i say overthrown uh-huh. um in 1974 he was said to have died in 1975 okay sort of the the ex leader now the official story is that he died from respiratory failure uh there are a lot of people who believe he was killed for political reasons you know i say there was overthrow and You're, you know there yeah. there, there the
2: messiah are... has to Get killed right? yeah well
0: yeah. that's true there are yeah. people there are people in the rastafari movement who doubt that he ever died at of all course, of course. you know certainly at the time if he were still alive today that would be quite an achievement he would be uh well well over a hundred years old but that was sort of how it ended with his time on earth and so to this day the rastafari mm-hmm. movement he is their messiah he he is their divine being that was on the earth with us <laughs> for a very long time. Hmm. Just the role of having leader thrust upon you, that's a lot to carry.
2: Yeah. Emperor in and of itself. Uh, wow, geez, deal, I'm yeah. emperor now. This is this is really crazy. It's uh, like, oh, wait, hey. what's what's <laughs> going why, on? Yeah. <laughs>
1: this whole country thinks you're, you're yeah, a deity exactly.
0: almost. Like, that is the birth of the name and hmm, the man from which Rastafari movement takes its name. I really
1: thought it was just the way of life, like being chill yeah
0: and being cool to people I mean and I, mean, you I know, guess that's related yeah. like being
1: cool to people
0: it is related you know there are I mean every religion's a little bit different but you know the, the focus in uh, it is on like that we're all united by the same life force the golden rule treat people the way you want to be treated uh, this is
2: you're describing uh, Jedi I guess. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, the Jedi, however, do not have uh, marijuana as a sacred herb as part of their practices. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely true. That yeah, the use of marijuana—it's again—it's you might think, oh sure, it's uh, reggae music, it's you know party music. No, like marijuana is a, a holy, a holy herb mm-hmm. to uh, people who follow Rastafarian. Yeah.
1: All right, and that is our show. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about leaders rastafarians and uh one day i promise i will bring my <laughs> dream quiz yeah to, uh, make it happen you guys were there too like you guys were all there yeah, I just, we enjoyed <laughs> it you, <laughs> were yeah. There. Yeah. you were there yeah, you were there <laughs> uh you can find us on itunes on stitcher on soundcloud and on our website goodjobbrain.com thanks to our sponsor audible and we'll see you guys next week Goodbye. bye